2: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Beth Center on v
4: the sports betting network. Hi, everybody, and welcome. It is v Sin Bet Center on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas. The place to be as we roll into mid-December. I'm Ben Wilson. Uh, Jeff Parles, my normal co-host. He is off tonight, but we've got a great man to fill in replacing Sir Parles tonight. He is in Denver. He is the host of the Bet River City Cast out in Denver, Colorado. Our guy Holden Kushner. Give him a follow. At Holden Radio, but uh, Holden, you're not—you're not on the radio tonight, my friend. Well, we are technically non-altitude sports radio in Denver and a number of our stations around the country, but we're on the television. You're looking great. Great to have you on, Holden, and uh, welcome as well to the uh, the VESID family. At least my first formal welcome to you. Thanks so much. And are you ready for the next four hours? I hope you are.
5: That was the nicest introduction I've ever gotten. <laughs> first of all, I do my second bad. of all, first time—first time I've worn a sport coat in at least five years. So this is a little bit different too. I'm gonna have to open up the windows here in Denver. Make sure it's about, you know, it's about 20 degrees outside. So that'll keep me nice and cool. We got a full slate tonight. We got some good college hoops, huh? We got a little bit of NBA. We got a lot of NFL to talk about. That's my wheelhouse. I cannot wait for tomorrow's slate. We don't have that many more either, do we, Ben? So, lot going on tonight. Happy to be with you.
4: Yeah. But look, final five weeks of the NFL season starting. Well, did start Thursday, but with a real slate is tomorrow. And yes, so your first time holding on this show, we do a lot of in-game here on Beeson Bet Center. I do feel a little bit bad because normally, look, from the, the fourth week in August through now, it has been college football heavy. We normally dive in deep on the card, go through all the in-game opportunities, and then get into NFL at the end of the night. Unfortunately, uh, we only had one game today and it's over. So no in-game betting for us, but let me just get, we need to get a quick word in on the one game that happened today, Holden, because the best trend in all of sports betting. It stays alive. It lives another year. And that was the under in the Army-Navy game, which had gone under 15 straight years. I don't know if you were on, on the underhold, and there was actually some money. A lot of money late came in on the over. People were like, you know what? The hell with this. It's 34-and-a-half. These teams are going to score. And uh, history proved to be true as the Navy midshipmen, seven or seven-and-a-half-point underdogs get the win, 17-13. And, uh, Holden, we can, we can just recycle this segment a year from now, and then basically do the same thing all over again because the game goes under, and uh, if, if you stuck with the trend, you're a, you're a happy camper right now. I don't know if you played this game, but this did get in-game up to 45 and a half, 46. I was very tempted after a hot early start. We saw 17 first-quarter points, and then, as is tradition, we saw what we really normally see out of Army-Navy. What, what were your thoughts on, uh, on that today? I hope you took advantage of the, uh, the under trend.
5: So I wanted nothing to do with the total because it was so low. I'm also, I think this will be a good conversation. I'm not a big trends guy. Now, if you look at a 16-year trend, though, maybe there's something to it. I was actually on Navy, plus seven and a half. I think the big reason for that, first of all, Ken Niamatololo is a spectacular coach. Had a chance to you know, be around him quite a bit. I was working in Washington, D.C. for 13 years. I know how great a coach he is. I know how they set this thing up how uh, the system there there was going to be a lot of running there was going to be a lot of things going on so for me a slow pace two teams that can't stand each other it it looked to me like the line was a little too much and ultimately it was as far as the total goes i mean again i was uncomfortable because it was so low ben but it was the right move once again
4: it's amazing how that works and i you make a great point though we we try to dispel the old just just play a trend just because it is. But this is kind of a unique thing. I mean, we have a standalone game, rivalry game, that is so much different. For those of you who watched it today, you probably felt that in the way the game actually played out. Uh, what I'm really interested in now going forward, though, Holden, because, look, this was one of those unique standalone games. The handle was, was higher than normal uh, just because it was the only game and it was a nationally televised spot here. But, I am curious what we can take away from a game like this because while Navy season is over, and congratulations to the midshipmen, what a, what a massive win that is, and they played big against good competition this year. I, I know you, good good ticket for you to cash as well there, Mr. Kushner, on the plus seven and a half. And, and they played Cincinnati tough earlier this year at home, lost to uh, three games by one score to, to ranked team. So, like, even though they go four and eight, they win the most important one, does Navy. But now, Army, who was bowl eligible. Drops to eight and four. They will play a bowl game. They're in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. Some books have taken that number off the board. It was originally hung Army minus three. They're playing uh, the University of Missouri Tigers, my alma mater, Holden, Holden, uh, who who have been just just a disaster in in multiple sports, men's basketball, football. Uh, But they go six and six. A a lot of players transferring out of that program. Early respected money was on Army, pushing that line up to three and a half, four. I'm really curious to see where this A is reposted. Some shops still have the number up; it's still at that three and a half, four mark. And is there going to be any any spot to potentially buy low on an Army team that did look bad on national TV today, but obviously has probably a little bit more to play for in its bowl game in the Armed Forces Bowl against a Missouri team that goes six and six in the SEC and has a ton of guys in the transfer portal right now.
5: Really interesting, isn't it? Because on one side we've got you know a, a team that plays in just an NFL conference in college football on the other side of things. You've got a team in army, which just kind of controls the pace, dictates everything, right? Run the football. I can't believe they threw the ball. We had a 22 pass game in the army Navy game. That to me is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Personally, I, I think that there will be a little bit more money coming in on the army side before this thing is all said and done. And in and in, in all honesty, I also think they have a legitimate shot to win just straight up on the money line. Um, yeah, you're a Missouri guy. I get it I I would actually you know defer to you on the Missouri side. I'm a Kansas guy. obviously there's gonna be some issues there but it looks like we're getting along early in this show. We do have three plus hours left to uh to turn this into a debacle but yeah I, I think this number personally I think Army sees a little bit more money.
4: We, we are six minutes and 29 seconds into the show. Hold it. So, you know, Mizzou guy, look, we're, we're, cool. we're doing okay. our best. Mizzou guy, KU guy uh, here on the show. Uh, I'll say this for a Missouri team that was, uh, was lauded for its hiring of Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator, a guy who coached in the NFL as a head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Even though he struggled there, he was lauded as a very solid career defensive coordinator in the NFL. Did not translate whatsoever in year one in Columbia. Under the second-year head coach, Eliah Drinkwitz. Uh, so, I, look, it's funny how, too, the total here, 58 or 59. I would be in uh, – in I would look to buy low on Army, but I would I would want to see where this uh, line – well, I mentioned some of the books have taken it off, but DSC, maybe people, people take a stab early on Missouri, maybe drive this down to a field goal. There's at least one book here at our Nevada jurisdiction. You can uh, get three with some juice to Army, but uh, that would be the side – I would uh, I would look at in this spot, even though it's uh, Army laying the points against an SEC team, as weird as that sounds on the surface, that, that might be where the value lands by the time we get to December 22nd, 11 days from now, uh, there in Fort Worth, Texas. I will and look, I had planned on this old to, to carve out, you know, like 90 seconds. I'll let you bask in the glory because of, as, this is part of Rivalry Week and a number of the non-conference games. We're going to get to some of the big college hoops non-conference games that are underway and still upcoming in just a couple of minutes. But Mizzou, Kansas today. I don't want to spend too much time on it because you know. My Missouri Tigers got absolutely shellacked by 37. I I think there is a case to be made that Conzo Martin and the Missouri Tigers the worst Power Five school right now in in all of college basketball. So you can go ahead. I, I, did you lay the the 23 with uh, KU today? And the by the way, the renewal of a rivalry that has been dormant uh, since 2012 when when Missouri left the Big 12, headed yeah. for the SEC. But do you, uh, do you cash in on, on your Jayhawks taking advantage of just a terrible Missouri team?
5: You know what I did today? I never like a team. I mean, I love Kansas, right? I mean, I went there. It's been a long time. Still, I've covered that program. I'm a diehard fan, and, and that's what it is. I actually didn't feel comfortable. I thought they might win by 20, but I wasn't sure. So I just went with the Kansas team total over 82 and a half in that cash. Now, listen. Um, This is all going to balance out at some point in time, so just because I had two wins before the show doesn't mean things are going to continue to roll during this show, but it has been a good afternoon, and I just don't know why Missouri wanted to play Kansas again after nine years, given that they are a secondary program, one that should probably be in D2, and you're talking (laughs) about one of the Blue Bloods and one of the greatest Uh, colleges in the history of the world as far as college basketball goes, Ben. So listen, I applaud you for taking it to the chin. If I knew you better, I would really lay into you after this, but I'm going to take it easy and, and listen. Uh, there's always next year when we can beat you by another 30.
4: Uh, of, of course. Look, I'm just glad that the that the rivalry is uh, is back. And look, Missouri got rid of Kim Anderson. He is now coaching at the Me D2 too. level. He is the he is really the guy who was at the D2 level. I will I will say this. I don't want to belabor the point here and you know ripping my own alma mater, but uh, it'll be. it. Kansa Martin has a long contract, so it is likely that he will be there after this season. But that is a a program in all sorts of disarray. Uh, like I like I was saying, with the first net rankings come out, Missouri at the very bottom. If you look at all of the Power Five teams. They're in the in the 230s range right now uh, in the net rankings. One other rivalry game that I, you know, I did not make a bet on this. I wish a prop would have been offered, Holden, on the will there be a brawl in this game. Because I probably would have taken the yes had it been offered, even, you know, regardless if it was at a p- plus price, even if you had to lay juice, and that would be in the, I believe it is now the Skyline Chili. Uh, that is the official sponsor for this. It's not a bowl game. It is the Skyline Chili crosstown Classic. It used to be the Crosstown Shooter. I don't know why they changed it, but Cincinnati and Xavier is just underway. So maybe there will be a chance for us to get some in-game action on this. I feel like you see a brawl every year when these two teams play, and these are not the uh, the Mick Cronin, Chris Mack teams, Sean Miller teams of old. Both teams unranked, both teams struggling. Uh, Xavier off to an early lead, 22-15, just over halfway through our opening 20 minutes. They were in this one holding a a 6.5-point favorite of anything. I might look for some in-game under- in a rivalry game, see how this early this thing paces out early, since it was up to one thirty-four and a half. But I really just want to see a, a brawl happen. We've got this on one of our many monitors here in our, our Circus Sportsbook studios. That that to me would have been the real bet to make had it been offered.
5: Is there a brawl? That's quite the prop. I like that. the uh, Julius is off to a great start. He's got seven points early on in this game for Cincinnati, but he's probably the only one that could be able to keep him in this. So. I think right now uh, I'm looking at Xavier minus six and a half. And is another thing we can get into. I, as far as sides go, usually will bet in game. So that's my big thing. You can usually get a better number. And if you don't, you just move on. Right now, Xavier leading by seven points. Not ready to touch this game as of yet.
4: They are up to uh, 11 and a half on the in-game market, 135 and a half your total. But you're speaking my language, Holden. That's what we love to do on this show, talk a little in-game. And we are just getting started here all the way until 1 a.m. on the East Coast. We'll come back, talk about a couple of huge college basketball matchups set to tip off in the next half hour. That's right after this, here on v Bet Center. Sign up for a PlayCard debit MasterCard to get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank and a member FDIC. We are back. It's Vet Center on a Saturday night. Ben Wilson with you once again from downtown Las Vegas. Our Circa Sportsbook Studios We're talking all things college hoops. We'll talk a little NBA and some college football before we dive into the full NFL Week 14 slate with our guy Holden Kushner, who hosts, hosts the Bent River City Cast show in Denver, Colorado. And uh, Holden, what's interesting, didn't think we'd have this game to talk about on the show. A couple of very odd weather related either uh, cancellations or alterations today in the college basketball schedule. But as we get into the primetime games, uh, UCLA plays Marquette, a game that was supposed to be early today. UCLA had issues traveling to the Midwest. I guess I'm reminded you know, you live in Las Vegas, you forget that seasons exist. And this is apparently the time of year where travel starts wreaking <laughs> havoc on all of these uh, college you know, all these college programs. I say that as I woke up today. It was like 28 degrees in my house. I forgot how the heater worked in my house. But UCLA goes to the Midwest. They go to frigid Milwaukee, which is my hometown. I, sh- I should know about these things, Holden. And they take on the Marquette Golden Eagles, uh, who have been up and down in Chaka Smart's first season. UCLA coming in fourth in the country, laying six and a half for seven. This tips in about 15 minutes. So Marquette, they agreed to push the game back. This was supposed to be a nationally televised game uh, on Big Fox. It's now been relegated to FS2. I'm curious what you think about about how that uh, how that will impact maybe a line like this, if at all. A team that is certainly is as veteran uh, veteranly composed as Mick Cronin's guys are, but certainly a, a weird thing to have to go through with the travel issues. We saw that happen to Arizona earlier today. Uh, although you know they had to have that, uh, they did not have to change that game with Illinois. But what do you think about a matchup like this, UCLA on the road? taking on Marquette just a couple days after their conference opener in a win at Colorado.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, UCLA's getting healthy too, right? And uh, we'll see what Johnny's Juzang can bring. You brought up the question, you know, how does changing the time of this game uh, affect it? And ultimately, I don't know if you can really, is there any way to figure out how it has affected the line? Um, I don't think so. I don't think to me personally, it even matters at this point. Um, Shaka Smart is off to a spectacular start. I mean, this is great for him. And this is going to be, this is going to be the ultimate litmus test, I think, for UCLA uh, to go on the road here. And it's going to be, it's, it's going to depend on Juzang. Uh, you got Tiger, Tiger Campbell as well. Um so if this UCLA team goes in and plays the way that they play they're going to put up some points in this one and uh the team total might be a way to look also the total of 148 but and, and Shaka likes to play up tempo too. Yeah, uh, that's a Marquette team that's scoring about 75 points a game. So ultimately, the total would be the way that I would look at that right now.
4: Yeah, and what's what's fascinating too right now, I'm seeing 148, 148 and a half in the market, uh, and it looks like Jaime Jaquez will go in this game. He left that Pac-12 opener in, in the win against Colorado, which is, at this point that was on uh, December the first. So they've mm-hmm. had some time to recoup from that. He looks to be good to go. What's been what's been fascinating to watch, Holden, you mentioned uh, the pace here of Marquette, third in Ken Palm's adjusted tempo so far. They haven't been, a, been afraid to run up these scores. lost their big rivalry game a couple weeks ago to Wisconsin, 89-76. You think about the efficiency really hasn't been there, but that was probably to be expected. When you think about all the players Shaka Smart was trying to replace, and just in the nature in general of college basketball in 2021, where we had nearly 1,800 players in the transfer portal, up about 80% from last season. Uh, So, I mean, to me, this is more litmus test on the Marquette side. I mean, UCLA, they were embarrassed the 20-point loss in Vegas. I was at that game uh, against Gonzaga where they were run off the floor. But since then, they've stabilized and have have probably proven this is going to be a team that's going to be in the top 10, 15 conversation basically all season. Should they be a top-two team? Probably not. uh, When we remember, they were an 11 seed last year before that incredible run to the Final Four, even though... They bring back the most of the guys from that team. So, you you mentioned the the total and the tempo is what fascinates me because this is a Mick Cronin team that's top twenty in defense, but also extremely efficient on the offensive end. And if Marquette's going to allow this to, uh, to they, I'm sure they'll want to turn this into a track meet. If UCLA's getting their shots early. I could easily see this uh, t- see this breaking out. It's it goes back to the, what we talked about with in game. I want to see early though how how the UCLA game translates. Uh, going to a place they're they're really not familiar with. I don't believe I have to look this up. I don't. They have not played in Milwaukee outside of an NCAA tournament uh, venue uh, for quite some time. So interesting to see how this uh, this shapes out. Again, tipping off in about 10 minutes, but I I might look towards maybe an in game total depending on things how things start out. I will say as somebody who's at that uh, UCLA Gonzaga game here. I'm sitting like oh, I might you know might look to a little UCLA in game, and I quickly realized uh, yeah that. Uh, that was not going to materialize as they were blown up by 20. so that's why in-game is can be a friend to you as a better because if you've got some conviction and you want to see how things play out first well if things don't go the way you're expecting you can always just lay off I think that's probably one of the other you know one of the other benefits and I know for you Holden, I'm sure it's a little different as well you have so many options in a newer jurisdiction like uh, like the Colorado markets where you've got tons of options to choose from lots more in-game props you mentioned the team totals. So a little more advanced than we have here uh, in Nevada. Not that I'm bitter or anything, but I have to imagine that's, I would think that's something you take advantage of all the time with your in-game, right?
5: You should be. You should be bitter because the, really the <laughs> options are so much better. And, and, and I'm not saying that to be you know, a jerk. I'm just saying Vegas just isn't, it isn't the same um, since online betting has come along. And listen, I, I did shows out in Vegas about 20 years ago out of the Bandley Bay out there we did, we did the shows. We go around the horn with that, too. So I get it. You know, When you go to Vegas, you're going to Vegas for the atmosphere. You're going to sit in the sports book. But, yeah, I mean, I get live player props. I get live game props. I have such a, a larger selection to choose from that I'm happy that I'm out here. The only other thing I wanted to talk about with this Golden Eagles-Bruins uh, game, it's a very inexperienced uh, – there's a lot of freshmen playing – some key roles with the Golden Eagles. So I do wonder about the start to this one, if UCLA can kind of come out, step on their necks and get going there. But no doubt, I'm glad you brought this game up. Should be a fun one. Marquette with Cronin, terrific coach. Um and are smart. Uh, and then he goes up against UCLA and Cronin, a terrific coach. UCLA, yeah, they're, they're going to be in the mix for the final four. Marquette, this is going to be a benchmark for them.
4: Yep. Of the 358 teams in Division One, Marquette, the fifth youngest in terms of overall experience. 353rd overall in D1. So yep. it's, it's a great point you make. Uh, yeah, let's not bring up golf, because that's probably the thing I'm most bitter about, being a a Nevada-based better. The golf markets here are, are rough to... Uh, to put it kindly, so like at least for the NFL, the money sport, we've at least got a lot of stuff to uh, to bet on, and I'm I can not complain too much. We're sitting here in the beautiful Circus Sportsbook Studios, but I, that's we'll leave it at that uh, for now. It's gorgeous. Uh, I exactly uh, the golf betting. It, it could it could be a little bit better here. That's all I will say. One uh, one other game we can discuss as well that is going to tip at the top of the hour. And talk about a game that is a true, probably the biggest, uh, the most marquee matchup of the night. Alabama hosting Houston, a Crimson Tide team, the last time we saw them. I know it was a neutral site game in theory, Holden, but that was really a road game played in Seattle against number one Gonzaga. Alabama goes in there and throttles the Zags and just had an incredible performance out of Jaden Shackelford, who torched Gonzaga now up to about a 20-point-a-game score on the season. Uh, but they host a top three defensive team in the country. The Houston Cougars, each of these teams have only lost once all season, each coming off pretty deep runs into the NCAA tournament. And you see the line right now, courtesy of DraftKings, 146.5-year total. This is in Tuscaloosa, tied-laying three, 146.5 is the total. This is, first off, a game-holding I'm really excited to watch, uh, just to just to A, see how Alabama responds after that huge win over Gonzaga And B, just to see how much Houston has taken away from uh, from its early start, where they came out to Vegas, played in the Maui Invitational, had a big loss against Wisconsin, but also blew out Oregon. Fat, You talk about list, litmus test. This is as fascinating as any in the early season here.
5: Yeah, I don't even know if this is a litmus test. This is just, hey, let's watch two great teams in college basketball go head-to-head. Uh, ultimately, I think that this is going to be a four- or five-point game. I am going to bet this live, too. And uh, as far as, you know, laying the three with Bama, it's fine. I'd like to get Houston at plus five or six. That's really the target number for me. And then the total is fascinating, isn't it? Because we've got Houston at the 255th slowest adjusted tempo. You got two of the top defenses in college basketball going at it right now. I feel like Houston will be able to dictate the pace of this game, but you're right. I mean, Bama going to Seattle, taking on Gonzaga, knocking them off by nine points. Tide have a terrific offense, 86.4 points per game. So this will be very, very interesting, to say the least, because you know Bama can put up points in a hurry, but both teams are off uh, just awfully good defensively as well. So I am leaning toward an under here, but I'll be betting it live. Hopefully, getting on Houston.
4: Yeah, highest uh, total I'm seeing right now in the market, 146 and a half. And yeah, I mean you're right. Drake they score 80. Miami they score 96. This is Alabama we're talking about, and then the 91-82 win in that that pseudo uh, away game in Seattle last week. And I'm curious to see how they respond that first game coming back home uh, for Alabama. So I'm I'm with you on that. Hold on, if anything, I'd be looking to take the under. Uh, I am still, uh, speaking of being bitter, eh, you shouldn't be bitter in, in betting. You got to move on. But I'm still, you know, had had Houston go into the national title game last year when I had a big futures ticket on them that, of course, got just destroyed uh, by Baylor last year. Calvin Sampson, though, this guys have been pretty good. Uh, we'll see how they show up tonight in Tuscaloosa. So, a couple of interesting games we will still be following on the in game markets. But when we return, Dive in. Get a little NBA updates. Uh, Checking on holding the Denver Nuggets out there as we see what else is going on. How is Steph Curry's quest for the all-time three-point record going? We'll check in on that next here on Vison Bet Center. This is Bet Center on VSEN, the sports betting network. The v Sin Bull Betting Guide is coming out Monday with everything you need to bet smarter on every bull game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on every bull game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops Monday, so make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at v Slash subscribe back alongside Holden Kuschner joining us from Denver, Colorado. I'm Ben Wilson here on V Sin Bet Center on a Saturday night. Uh, Holden, we've got some NBA going on as well right now. It's Steph three Curry watch. I feel like the books have have really gone out of their way trying to figure out all right what how can we get as much money from for, you know from from the schmucks out there as possible betting Steph Curry. Like when will he break the record? How many threes will he get in this game? It's like guys, it's inevitable. He needs ten to break the all-time record. It's December 11th. All right, this is going to happen, so we don't need to be rushing to the window trying to trying to bet these. I get that it's fun. Uh, that's all I was. I just feel like it's been a little bit overdone these last few days. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and his his prop has been pretty consistent on made three pointers at around six and a half, which is a pretty monstrous number uh, if, if you are familiar with you know with the daily uh, the daily NBA player prop markets. Uh, it has been a struggle tonight, though. This is the marquee game of the night. Steph and the Warriors. Did just go on a mini run to force Philadelphia to call a timeout. 40-38, to 38, just over three to go in the first half. Steph so far, though, 2 of 8 from the field, 0 of 3 from three-hold and just six points in his 13 minutes on the floor. You look at how this one closed uh, in this early-season matchup. Warriors were laying anywhere from 2.5 to 3.5. They've been such a hot team as the number one team in the West at 21-3 and three. so far. The issues of Philadelphia have uh, have certainly been well-documented with the absence of Ben Simmons and whether or not he will even join the Sixers at any point this year. But, uh, yeah, don't you have to think, Holden, for Steph? It's like, all right, let's just get past this milestone and, and try to get some of the attention off of this uh, because he has been uh, really thrust into the spotlight more so than he normally is, and that's usually a pretty high spotlight that Steph is accustomed to being in.
5: You know, I do wonder if he's feeling it. I, this takes me back to the summer. Miguel Cabrera, he was stuck in like 498 home runs, 499 home runs for quite some time. And you could tell he was feeling it. So, yeah, Steph Curry's been through it. He's hes won championships. He has records. He's hes an MVP. But there's no question that as much as I love data, you also have to take the human element into it. And I wonder if we're seeing that tonight, two of eight and 0 for three. So, that is interesting, and you know who else. I mean, Bealiza has the same 0 for three, so maybe Steph Curry's playing down to that level. I am interested, though, in live player props, and it's something I'll probably do once it hits the half. That's the other thing, you know, in basketball in the NBA. If I'm betting player props, it's usually going to be at halftime when everything resets. But I do wonder where they put the. He's sitting here at six points, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's not Steph Curry, and at some point in time. And this is a close game, too. No one's running away with it. It's a two-point game with Philly on top. At some point in time, Curry's going to get going. So at halftime, that is something that I will be looking at. Steph Curry points prop. I guess we'd have to go off the top of our heads on this uh, as to where it would be. But I would think in the low 20s at that point, if he finishes the half with six or eight points, where are we going to be? 23, 23, 23 and a half? So that's something to keep an eye on there as far as live betting that game. And on the other side, I mean, it's just, it's the Joel Embiid show and he stinks tonight too. He's one for seven, you know? <laughs> so the two stars have not been putting their games together. We got two teams, three points away from each other. So maybe this thing picks up and also maybe we look at the total as well as they will struggle. Eh, they're not getting to hundred here in the first half. So Curry points and the total is something that I'll be interested in seeing where they post that Ben.
4: And for the first time, we're seeing that in-game total go down below 200. I'm seeing down to 197 and a half Mm -hmm. in the markets here. This was 212, 212 and a half. And to me, the totals have been the fascinating thing to track early in the NBA season. We saw tons of unders early with the teams trying to adjust to do NBA officiating, allowing defenders more leeway and freedom and how they defended no longer Bailing out three-point shooters for just the flail out, lean in, get the foul. But over the last couple of weeks, we have started to see some more overs. Uh, So interesting, especially in a spotlight game, as you mentioned, sometimes you sometimes see these marquee players get the props juiced up, even if they're not chasing some sort of all-time record. Uh, And as a result, there could be some value going to the under. Again, as we talked about earlier, though, Holden, not, uh, not the luxury that that we have at least on most of these games here in the Nevada jurisdiction. So I'm going to, I lean to you on the guidance there for how to attack the in game in game player props. Cause I, we have not had that, uh, that opportunity to do so. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's all right. You don't, you're I, not, you're I, not rubbing I, it in. It's all I right. Just
5: keep forgetting it.
4: <laughs> all, all I will say yeah, on trust the, um, me,
5: I'm not, I mean, I don't know what I would do on Sundays without betting live pra- player props. I mean, it's legitimately my favorite thing to do. I've been live betting now for about three years. I was doing some shows with it. And I'll tell you, honest, honestly, I prefer live betting as opposed to going into games, pre-game bets. Uh, it's a blast. So we got to get you guys going out there. It's, it's such a rush. It's so fun. And you have to go in with a game plan too. I think a lot of people are losing money live betting because they go in there and say, okay, here's the number, let's just bet over. Go into it with a game plan. You know, don't, don't mess around here. Have a game plan. Wait for the number to get to where you want it to go, and hit it. Don't be jealous, though. Yeah, you, no, you guys not. will come around someday.
4: I, no, I look. That that's great advice. You know, for the for the betters watching, it's just not all of us can uh, can take advantage. So we'll, we'll see where it. Uh, you'll have to let us know where this gets hung at halftime for uh, for Steph Curry, 43-42 game. Uh, the one thing I was the last thing I was going to say on Steph, it's not like Emmett Smith trying to break Walter Payton's record with Steve Hutchinson as his quarterback, like or Chad Hutchinson as his quarterback. He's got some weapons around him, all right. Uh, and I apologize to Steve Hutchinson. I don't mean to besmirch the great Minnesota Vikings offensive lineman. Sorry, Chad. It's easy to forget the early 2000s uh, post-Troy Aikman t- 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 Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks hold. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, so this will happen eventually for Steph Curry, just probably not uh, not the night tonight. Uh, they will go to Indiana, by the way, Monday and likely face a uh, a Rick Carlisle-less Indiana Pacers team. So just uh, file that away. For Monday, Do you want to mention your Denver Nuggets, though, Holden, as we mentioned, Holden uh, Kushner, co- uh, host of our Bet Rivers CityCast podcast for the city of Denver, Colorado, which has been one of the most active of the new legal betting jurisdictions uh, in, in that state. And the Nuggets up right now on the road in San Antonio, 59-50, late first half. They were at close in this game, Holden, basically a pick a market-wide total of 219 219 and a half, and the early explosion of points has seen this total go way up, as high as 236 and a half at DraftKings. Good early start for the Nuggets, laying the six and a half now live. And Nikola Jokic, you talked earlier about how Joel Embiid really carrying the 76ers, but with injuries abounding on an early, early struggling start to the Nuggets season at just 12 and 13. Jokic having a good night so far, 14 points, six of ten from the field. And seven boards as well. Uh you I know there is a specific bet you have been making pretty frequently here on, on Nikola Jokic. How have you been uh, how have you been attacking these games with True. the nuggets so depleted here as of late?
5: Well, I'm glad the number that I didn't get in on it today, because it doesn't look like he's gonna hit the triple double. Will Barton's out, he's ill. I mean, it, it really is amazing what Jokic is doing. You look at the efficiency numbers, he's up there with the great. The greatest seasons with Jordan and LeBron James and people go Jokic. Where this guy is amazing. He really and he's not your prototypical NBA player. He doesn't jump. He's not the most athletic player. He's just a great passer, a great shooter, knows where to get his shots. Again, three of three behind the arc, but triple doubles. You know, this is this is something we've betting time to time this year over the last five games. I I lost the first two, and then he comes back with three triple doubles. We were getting it in the mid-500s, plus 550 or so. Then it drops into the 400s. And today I look at it, it's plus 250? Like, why am I putting money down on a triple? That's how great this guy has been as an all-purpose player in the NBA. Plus 250 for a triple-double that is astra that that's just that doesn't make any sense so the books do not want you betting triple doubles on nikola jokic so maybe he'll take two or three games off and we can get that number back to plus 400 plus 500 because he's just a triple double machine there's very little help for him on this team especially without will barton and the fact that they're beating the spurs by 7 points now every single one of these games seem to be close they seem to be slogfests But tonight, Jokic has got it going once again, and uh, Denver, a team that a lot of us thought were going to make a nice little run in the playoffs this year, I think they're fighting for the play-in game, and it's not because they're not a good franchise, but when you lose Porter, they're not getting Murray back anytime soon, Dozier went down, Uh, it's just been hell for the Nuggets so far. The triple-double prop, though, has been lucrative to this point. But they don't want you to. The books don't want you to bet on it anymore. That's fascinating. So they make it a number that's just silly. But, it doesn't make sense. Like, wh-
4: where is he going to get ten assists from? I mean, is is Bones Island and uh, Jermichael Green like? Is, the, how is he? How is he going to get to ten assists? That's my question on that one.
5: But that's that's the thing. He has been doing it, and that and that's that's why I've been saying. How is he doing this? How does he get triple doubles? And it would help if Barton was in there because that's big. Right. Barton has been in there those last three. So it has been a little bit more difficult tonight. But I think I got lucky by not betting this because the line was so bad.
4: I think you did. <laughs> at least right now. Two assists so far for Nikola Jokic, who has been a, a one-man wrecking ball bending uh, NBA MVP. Been a struggle of the Spurs. We're well below five hundred right now at uh, at 9 and 15. 65-56 their Nuggets just before the half. All right, we're going to keep you posted on any of these in-game numbers for the marquee college hoops NBA games that we've discussed so far. Up next, though, we'll get some thoughts from Holden here on early bull season thoughts in college football as well as the college football playoff before we dive into the NFL. That is next right here on Vison Bet Center. We have a new prop tracker now available on vsin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at v slash NFL. Speaking of the props, we were just talking about on the road to the new three-point all-time leader, Steph Curry. Uh, his prompt tonight and the player prop market in general is we're back with Holden Kushter. I'm Ben Wilson here from Las Vegas. Uh, 49-46, Warriors at the half. I know, Holden, you were like, <laughs> your head exploded when you saw what the new in-game uh, player prop market was hung at for Steph. But he does explode a little bit himself at the end of the first half. Gets up to 15 points. Does hit a couple of threes there at the end. And uh, I, I have to imagine, as, as a result, that in-game player prop market, if you were trying to bet an under, well, now it's probably, a, I'm guessing, a higher number here.
5: Well, what was he at? He was at six points when we checked maybe eight minutes ago.
4: With two minutes and left and a half. Yeah. I
5: went to go check the number out, and I said, holy moly, it's at 29 and a half. This is an auto bet under. This is silly. Then you said, hey, he went on a flurry, and I said, oh, he's got 15 points. Well, if he's got 15 in the first half and he played that poorly and he shot that poorly, how do we not go with another 15? So that'll be my end game here. Uh, Steph over 29 and a half, minus 120. Uh, don't love the juice too much. I would expect this line to continue to move up, but for Steph Curry's line to be 29 and a half and me thinking, oh, it's a sick, that's a horrible play. I think this line is almost would almost be on par if Curry didn't go on that run before the first half. I am going to back Chef Curry. I don't think he breaks the record tonight, but it looks like he got things together, so that'll be the first play here. Over 29 and a half.
4: All right, let's mark it down. I have Warriors, by the way, laying one for the second half, so four for the game in this one. 49-46, they came in laying three. Or three and a half. Steph does need eight more three pointers to break Ray Allen's all-time three-point record. But uh, look, that's just Steph in a nutshell. Though you go from all right, this is probably an under bet to well, all right. I guess Steph looked terrible for uh, for 23 minutes and then turned it on, and all of a sudden this is like a a lock or feels like a lock to go over. So, uh, but it's it's a great great way of kind of talking out how you look at some of these uh, in-game player prop markets. Um, We will see how that plays out. Also, by the way, at the half, Nuggets up 72-56 on the Spurs massive uh, first half scoring wise Spurs are laying four and a half for the second half. Uh, so as a result, you'd be getting 11 and a half for the game and Xavier up 15 at the half on Cincinnati, no brawls yet, at least that I have seen Holden. So my, uh, my fake in theory brawl prop is, has yet to cash here. 42 27. And uh, it is, let's see, looks like a pick 'em or Cincinnati laying a half point in the second half. So 14 and a half or 15 on Xavier for the game. All right, let's get into some of that We talked earlier on the Army-Navy game. That was the only college football game on the slate today, Holden. We will see now how uh, some of the other news today impacts the betting markets in the college football playoff. The big news coming out of Eugene, Oregon, as the Ducks, who had Mario Cristobal leave for his alma mater, Miami, just a couple of days ago, setting off a chain of events, start, starting with, A, Manny Diaz, who is fired by Miami. He takes the D.C. job at Penn State. But the big one, the... The high rising 35-year-old Dan Lanning, the Georgia defensive coordinator, architect of the Bulldogs' number one ranked defense this season. He is going to Eugene, expected to be named officially on Monday and a formal announcement there as the Ducks' new head coach. This is always such a huge part holding to the handicapping when it comes to bowl season and especially in a college football playoff where you have coordinators who are part of these top four teams and they are going to be highly sought after. So... Uh, you look at how Georgia will look to respond after being embarrassed by Alabama in the sec championship game slotted into that two, three matchup against Michigan. Just looking at how the line looks to us right now for that, uh, that new year's Eve tilt, And at the present, it is still in that seven and a half eight range, basically how it opened on the Georgia side of things with your total at a 45, any impact you see from, from this and we're still trying to wait to uh, will Lanning stay through the college football playoff with Georgia, that is still yet to be determined, at least uh, as of right now. Here, how do you think this impacts things in that two-three matchup we've got in our college football playoff?
5: Well, that's what we have to wait for. I mean, you could try and prepare for whether or not he's going to be there, but let's face it, um, this is this is still a huge game for the players. I don't personally don't think too much changes. I think whoever's on the staff there would take the same game plan. It would translate over. These are two teams, slower tempos, great talent on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe it's an old school game where everybody's running. But personally, if he isn't there, I, at least for now, would not knock it down a peg or two. Um, This is, again, these are staffs. These are staffs uh, that know the system. These are players that are playing their heads off. So ultimately, right now, it doesn't
4: change much for me, right? And just seeing too the statement uh, Kirby Smart just put out. This was a short time ago. Uh, he is he is at least alluding to thinking that Landing will be with the team for the college football playoff. But he did say that uh, Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp. There's I haven't heard Will Muschamp's name in a while, but he he is those two have been elevated to what? co-defensive coordinators. Uh, that is what they are expected to move forward with. But he did say Kirby Smart today that they, he, they will have uh, their D.C. at least with them for the college football playoff. It was a little bit, he was a little bit vague in the statement as to what the role uh, would be. But you would figure it still would be in that D.C. role. I think the bigger question as well, though, you think about how Georgia was exposed for the first time in that SEC championship game, giving up over 40 to Bama on the, on the, in, the, in the dome there in Atlanta. And we've seen how impressive Michigan has been outside of it's, a loss at the hands of Michigan state. Uh, what do you expect in a game like this? Just in general on the, the, the matchup of two teams that have been uh, so polarizing this year, not, not really polarizing as far as they're on the field production, but more in look as a Georgia team, uh, really expected to lay over a touchdown coming off of such an embarrassing loss. And should a Michigan team who you know, had one true key marquee went against Ohio state amidst a very difficult schedule, uh, is there disrespect here in a, in a line like that? How do you kind of manufacture and, and try to break down those two elements in a, in a game like this? It is going to be in the spotlight, obviously.
5: This is an sec school taking on a non sec school. That's why the line is where the line is, right? Um, if you are buying into this team be or this game, being old school, be in a run, run the ball, play a lot of defense. Maybe that seven and a half is a little bit too much. Maybe this thing stays a little bit closer uh, than you think it is. It's going to be. I, I tried to go position by position. There's a lot of evenness there. I think Stetson Barrett and Cade McNamara. These are two guys that put up pretty similar numbers. They threw for about the same amount of yards. Um, you know, Bennett has thrown more touchdowns. He's also thrown more interceptions. To me, I think if Stetson Bennett can get back on track and be an efficient, that Georgia probably can that Georgia can cover that seven and a half. I don't feel comfortable with this game right now, though. If I bet this game, Ben, it's probably going to be live. It's a a very, very tough game to handicap in my estimation. Uh, The Alabama-Cincinnati game, not quite as challenging, but this, when you have two teams that play so well defensively, makes me a little uncomfortable right now, to be honest with you.
4: I'm, I'm with you as well. Yeah, you think about a, a seven and a half and eight, and you, it's hard to know, too. I mean, sometimes you, you, you understand like where the, the public money and, and how these lines are going to move, but it seems so far to be pretty uh, split, respected opinions, and there's going to be a lot of money taken on both sides in a game like this, which is, of course, where, where the books want it. Uh, but as you mentioned, Alabama, where where this line has gone here, uh, it's not surprising with the the lines the way it was set with the lower limits early, respected money taking a number with Cincinnati. This opened 13 and a half, 14. It's been bet down to as low as 13 behind where I'm sitting here at our Circus Sportsbook. Uh, you see a lot of 13 and a half still in the market. Where first off, where do you ultimately think this line gets to as we get closer to the game, as the public comes in, as they see, oh, it's Alabama. And at Cincinnati, despite the incredible undefeated season that Luke Fickle has put together as head coach, where do you think this line actually goes to? And where do you see uh, the value here?
5: I would not be surprised if we're at 14 and a hook. I mean, are you with me on this one? As far as the total goes, I'm not so sure. I don't have a good feel. But Bama, I would not be surprised in a point line move with a lot of money coming in on Bama um, at the end just because they're such a, a public team. You know, and then you have to ask yourself a question. Are they back in a roll or are they going to play to their competition once again? And I wonder if the tie just woke up because of the magnitude of these games. You know, that Georgia game, they felt maybe they felt a little disrespected. They were underdogs or something like that. But but no. Um I, I I think that the money comes in on Bama. And if the 13 and a half right now, I would not be surprised if that's a pretty good line by the by the time uh, this thing closes. And then you look at both sides. The The Bama O-line was terrific against Georgia. That's nice to see. Um, and, and the problem is, for Cincinnati in this one, the only chance to me that they have to beat Alabama is to consistently pressure Bryce Young. And what I saw from Bama against
4: Georgia, I don't know if that's possible. I have to imagine, too, that the old Alabama first-half bets that have been... Better's friends over the years. I have to imagine that's going to make a return yeah. into the sphere, probably when that gets set around six and a half or seven. By the way, it was official tonight, not a surprise. Bryce Young, freshman Alabama quarterback, your Heisman Trophy winner. He was around nine to one in the preseason, uh, and so he is your Heisman Trophy winner. Congrats if you cap a ticket on that. All right, when we go back into our number two here on VEASAN Bet Center, more in game as well as our first look at the NFL Week 14 slate. That's coming your way next.